Okay, are we ready? Uh, do we need to <laughs> brainstorm any more about where I, we're just going to go? I think we should go, and we'll if if we hit a dead end, we'll stop. But I think we should just talk about it. Okay. It's usually what we do. It works out. <laughs> Sometimes. Welcome to the Noah's Love Podcast. I'm Father Michael. And I'm Molly. And I'm Johan. <laughs> Joe's back, everybody. Joe is still uh, a seminarian in this parish. Yes. And even though the summer's ending, you're still here. He is the all-season seminarian. <laughs> <laughs> um, we literally, <laughs> so we just had adoration tonight. Um, and then Father and I got, you guessed it, not McDonald's, Kentucky Fried Chicken <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> and brought it back. And to eat it before we recorded this. And then we literally just saw Joe in the kitchen. We were like, hey, you want to do this with us? He's like, sure. It was, so, a, it was a quick yes. Yes. What was going through your mind there? I wanted the Kentucky Fried Chicken, and I thought this would win me points. <laughs> and possibly Kentucky Fried Chicken. <laughs> That's it did really not. Sorry, that didn't work out for you. <laughs> there was some barbecue sauce left. You could just drink that. I did. Oh, okay. oh good. You're, so you're ready. <laughs> That's right. It's <laughs> um, a perfect segue. It is, to <laughs> the church. I don't know, Polly, do you want to... This was your idea. It was a great idea. What kind did you have in mind for, like, What we're talking topic? about? Yeah. That was too so, hard for me to say. That's okay. The, <laughs> I I wonder if the microphones are going to pick up the crazy thunder that's going been going on all night. But I hope so. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I thought it would be good to talk about the fact that the church is imperfect as in what? <laughs> there are people, you know, humans make up the church and humans are not, imperfect. Not like make it up out of their imagination, but no, they, they, <laughs> are the members they of They are it. the members of the church. <laughs> and we, surprise, are sinful. And uh, um, and sometimes that plays out in very public ways in the yeah. church. And all of us, to some degree or another, have like personally experienced that. Uh, I know at least the three of us, like to some, you know, some closer than others, but um, it could be a hard thing. It could be a really, like, challenging thing, and I thought it'd be good to talk about, um, yeah, what we make of that and how we deal with it. Like, mm-hmm. how do we respond, like, personally, and also just, like, what kind of mindset should we have about this thing that is the most important thing in our lives, like our relationship with Jesus in the church, um, and then it can get, you know, scandalized. We call it scandal yeah. for a reason. Yeah, yeah, and especially, like, in recent times in mm-hmm. the church— like I'm trying to think of the one. What three years ago was the big, the so, big boom? Three, four, maybe more than that. So 2018 was a was a rough year. Yeah, that um, was a lot of, a lot of pre scandals. Yeah, just revelation of of sexual scandals. And it's just to speak personally. So like when I first started seminary was, uh, or no, I was in college was when a lot of that first came out. Was it 2002 or something? That was all sorts of stuff in Boston, and it was a big oh, story. Yeah. And I was like, okay, we're done with that. Right. And then 2018, it was all it was basically all over again. Gosh, and, that was crazy. Uh, yeah, and just disheartening. Mm-hmm. And I think it's like something I hear a lot as like an argument against Catholicism is like the fact that there's organized religion more than most other Christian faiths. Like we have a pope and we have cardinals and bishops and like not like there's a for lack of a better term hierarchy of the church mm-hmm. and um but they're not they're they're people and i think sometimes people think that we hold the pope to this like i mean we hold him to a higher standard but to this like put him on this pedestal of like once someone's elected pope 
they are suddenly perfect and can never make a mistake and they're not sinner they're not a sinner um at like i just in the same way that like people think we worship mary sometimes i mean mary did not sin but mm-hmm. like you know what i mean just like this attitude of if we have any sort of respect or what have you for someone then that means that like we put them on the same level as jesus Jesus, Jesus, <laughs> as Jesus, which is never the case. Jesus the only, is the only one we put at the level of Jesus. But um, why, I guess, a question I want to ask you guys, does, like, is the church important? Like, what would you say to someone, especially who's not Catholic, and is like, why do you need this? Like, why can't you just have it without the church? Like, Because I think if we're going to talk about how we handle, like, the brokenness in it, we need to talk about why it matters in the first place, you know? I don't know. That's a great question. I guess part of it would, for me would be, it's just always been a part of my walk with Christ that it's been in the context of a family. In the context of my own family, I was very blessed to grow up in a household very much engaged with the faith. But it's also just been always how I've seen Christ's work and, and our hope for a future in heaven, that it's not just we get to heaven and then it's super awesome for us and also we're in relationship with Jesus, but that he's preparing us for this whole family, yeah. the whole communion of saints. And we actually get to participate that in the ch- participate in that through the church here. Mm-hmm. And we participate in it imperfectly, but also really. Yeah. And that's a good point. Just like I participate in my family, really, but imperfectly. And I wouldn't give up the vacations and the the going home for Christmas and Thanksgiving or just going home on Fridays, however many fights there are and whatnot, you got to get through those and those are unfortunate, but there's so much joy to being in that family and, and to getting, I don't know, to, to growing in relationship with everyone in the family in the context of that family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's more than just like, oh, I just am a part of the Catholic church because then I have someone to tell me what to do. Like it, hmm. it's a family. Yeah, and it's amazing that Jesus set it up that way. Um, I think we've said like a ton of times on this podcast that your faith is never you alone, and mm-hmm. uh, just the idea that like he he didn't individually pick people and say, "All right, you go be my follower by yourself." Right. He set up this. He gathered a group, mm-hmm. and they gathered a group, and it kept going through the ages. And I think that's. I feel like it's something I've grown to appreciate more and more, but. Um, we're not, yeah, we're not meant to be Christians alone. And so, like, in the context of our, you know, our our actual families, our parish families, and just brothers and sisters in Christ, Jesus wants it that way. Yeah. Uh, as, as much as, like, you know, there's imperfections and scandals throughout all of the church's history, we're meant to do it together as imperfect people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, yeah, none of us can do it alone. So... It's just a beautiful gift to not be expected to. And to also, like, I take so much consolation in in knowing that, like, when I am struggling with my faith, when I do have questions, like, I know where to, ch- where to turn. And it's the church that offers me that guidance that keeps me grounded. Um, I don't worship the church, but the church leads me to Jesus and teaches me about him and teaches me how to love him and, like, how to live out that love on a daily basis and... I'm not smart or holy enough to like figure that out on my own. I need, I need to be guided because I'm imperfect. Mm -hmm. Um, and the church is guided by Christ. Like the church also needs to be guided because she's imperfect. Um, and I, and, but 
because she's imperfect, like oftentimes people who are part of the church stray from that and lose sight of that and lose sight of Jesus. And it can lead to scandal, Um, which is just it's it's like really heartbreaking, I think, because people question the church enough, like outside of these things that like I remember when they happened in 2018, a lot of people left the church Mm -hmm. and a lot of people would just use it as an opportunity to be like, see, Catholicism's wrong. Absolutely. Um, which that was just like really heartbreaking because there was like, I, I felt a lot of anger towards like the people who had made these decisions and done these horrible things because it's like, well, if now it affects the church as a whole, you know? And that's like the same thing with family, right? Like you were saying, Joe, like when you're in a family, oftentimes the mistake that I make may affect my mom and dad or you know what I mean like that's Mm -hmm. how family works so I don't know if you guys want to speak to maybe a time where you were affected by a scandal whether it's personally or just as like a member of the church and knowing of things that have happened and what was that experience like for you yeah that year really stood out um because like I said there had been that big you know sort of wave of news stories back in the early 2000s they were very similar, but I was just a college student then. I wasn't mm-hmm. in seminary. Mm-hmm. 2018, that feeling of people looking at you different because of this news was super real. I'm sure, especially as a priest. Yeah. Like, I didn't expect that at all because I hadn't lived through it before. But it was so just sort of, and I think maybe it was more present in my mind just because I was reading about it and sort of following it. But even if nobody ever said anything to me, and nobody in real life has ever, you know, called me a pedophile or something right, because I'm a yeah. priest. But there was definitely that feeling of like uh attention and scrutiny. Or like people are people suddenly worried um, now or... Yeah. Yeah. I work with kids. Right. <laughs> and, and um and and even just that sort of living with that frustration of all of us are being painted with this brush now yes. because of what some people did. Mm-hmm. Um and uh yeah it's 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 really discouraging because it's kinda like um, how can you fight that? Mm. It, like, besides just, you know, trying to do your best and be holy and do what you're supposed to do. But, um, yeah, it's such a big, it, it was like, it's such a huge problem to face that none of us can fix. And it's just kind of out there. And every time something, you know, another sex scandal comes out and which they're just always, it, yeah, it just, that's, that's the thing. Yeah. It always feels like, okay, we're past this. And then right. something else happens. Mm-hmm. Like, surely we've fixed the problem, but the problem is, is humanity. Like, mm-hmm. it's and, not like priests yeah. or Catholics. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of times it is priests or it is Catholics, but like the issue is that's not the heart of the issue. Whereas mm-hmm. so sometimes mm-hmm. I think a lot of people paint it as like Catholicism as the problem or like yeah. the church is the problem. You know, sorry, cut you off there. No, Just that, need to add that little comment in there. Yeah, Go for it, that, that was very much my experience, and it was it was just very surprising to me. I w- and like I was ready to be mad about you know the news that we were seeing, but I was not ready to feel that sort of like almost a little bit of fear of going out in a super Catholic town, right. uh, dressed as a priest, just mm-hmm. with that consciousness of what was going on. Yeah, yeah. Well, how old were well? That was three years ago. I was like, how old were you? It was recent. <laughs> I was 12. Now I'm 26, <laughs> three years later. Oh, I'm 27. I lied. Uh, wow. Yeah, so I was just starting my second year of seminary. And oh, I, yeah. I still remember because we were 
we hadn't been there long into the fall semester. I think it was the fall semester. And we had a rector's conference. So the, the rector met with us and it was like three hours before that or something that I... Oh, gosh. It was one of the major reports. I forget if it was McCarrick or the the Pennsylvania things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he just he just came up and it was like, it was such a gift to be in seminary for that time because of how well our sem- the priest there helped us kind of through it and how great yeah. the community was. But the rector just came up and he said, men, I'm going to be honest, I had... I had a talk prepared for tonight that I'm not going to give. Like, because we all need to talk about this. Hmm, So I'm going to give you a couple minutes of just what's going on in my soul. And then I just, I want to field questions. And I just want to talk with you guys about it. Wow. And that was awesome. Mm -hmm. I would say for me, I I don't know. I'm not entirely sure why. My initial reaction to most times that crises come out is kind of, I don't know, just sort of goal oriented of like, okay, mm-hmm. this happened. How do we, how do we press forward? Yeah. Uh, one prayer my mom has shared about always praying when we were growing up as kids is she would just pray that we would always get caught for doing wrong things. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> pray, Lord, let them always be caught. And so in my mind, it's often like, okay, this had already happened. And I'm very sorry it has, but right. it's come to light. And that, that's problematic, but... Now we can work through it. At the same time, it was a, a real gift for me to be around so many brothers who were really struggling with it. Mm. And to get to, I don't know, see through their eyes, feel the hurt they felt, the hurt mm-hmm. so many Catholics felt. So many so many non-Catholics, too, for whom, even if they, they don't, they're not members of the church, they still know at, at some level that the church is meant to represent Christ. Right, yeah. And so it helped because... Because it is really sad. I mean, to to state the obvious, but I think it, you could just kind of get in this mode of okay, let's get past it, let's get to the next thing. Mm. But but that's that's not the reality of what we have to face. That's not the path God wants to walk through with us. He wants there to be a real mourning, a real sorrow, a real acknowledgement. This is not how it's supposed to be. Yeah. And this hurts, Lord. The one of my favorite lines that I went to in prayer was from the uh, the storm when they, Jesus is sleeping in the boat and the apostles wake him up. And only in the Gospel of Mark do they phrase it as, do you not care that we are perishing? And just to to ask that question to our Lord, not because you're trying to be disrespectful, but that mm. so that you can hear him say, yes, I care. Mm. Uh, I'll see you through it. But So just getting so many perspectives like that, I forget which seminary brother highlighted that for me, but... That was a real gift to just be in community through those. Yeah. Yeah, gosh. I think it's super important, like, mentioning, like, those things had already happened. And obviously the ideal would have been that they had never happened, right? But since they happened, it is far better for them to come to light, even though it will and did hurt the church Mm -hmm. because it is what the victims deserved. Um and, it, and it's what the the uh, criminals deserved. Um, and like that, it, that was holy justice, you know, to bring like mm-hmm. horrible things to light so that they could be dealt with. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's not like it would benefit the church anymore if these things remained in the dark. Like if we want to become and like a more purified church, like we need to root out the evil that is a part of it. And so as, mu- as like painful as it was, it was also like 
such a good thing that it came out. Um, not that it happened, mm-hmm. to clarify, but that it came out because then it could be dealt with um, and then we can move forward. And yes, the, the things will probably always happen, unfortunately, but um, even if just one thing comes to light, like that's one step closer to the holiness that we're trying to achieve as a church. I think the, you use the word purified, and I think that's an important one. Hmm. We're not out, like, I think it's a bad idea. Every single one of us is a sinner, mm-hmm. like, and in the examples that we've talked about, and, I mean, some stuff that have ha- has happened to us individuals yes. <laughs> in, in recent years, just like in, in our diocese and institutions we're involved in, um, just that... Uh, things have happened it's not there's a there's a tendency i think in the church and we've seen how it's played out at various times like we don't want to hurt the church's reputation so we should hide these things yeah oh and, gosh and i think um like you just said molly it it goes to show it's so important for to shed light where there needs to be light mm-hmm. and um that's how you get healing it's yeah. it's i think we can thank god that like our sins have not had to be aired out that way. Like to to think like, yeah, we all have our sins, but um, they're not sins that have been crimes or sins that have been, right. um, you know, have to be on the news or something like that. We've it's all a, definitely been pulled over, though. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> yes. Well, I'll admit it. Um, <laughs> We're criminals. So that, for that crime. But yeah, just that like letting the light in is a painful but good process. And, yeah. and we're not out to like hunt down the church is always going to be a church of sinners. That's mm-hmm. what I'm getting to, is that uh, we're not saying, you know, root out all the bad Catholics so that we can only have the perfect Catholics because no one will be left. Right. It, um, it's, mm-hmm. But when these things happen that uh, that hurt the church at large in a really clear way, because all sins hurt the church at large, um, but when it's in this way that's uh, public and scandalous and, and obvious, yeah. har- harmful to people's faith, like— it's good to not be afraid of the truth, as painful as it can be. Mm-hmm. Um, God does something through that, through that, um, that purifying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, how would you say, like, because I know, in, especially in like the 2018 situations, it was many of the people who were convicted and who it all came to light with were like, like there was bishops and cardinals um so like people that are not only meant to be models of the faith but like became priests and then were selected to be bishops and then were selected to be cardinals right like are really should be held to a higher higher standard of faith (laughs) and example like um so i guess just like in light of that how do we continue to like have faith in the church and our church leaders like how can i go to church and and like listen to your homily or to any priest homily and not be afraid of what they're doing behind the scenes or like how can I trust what my bishop says you know like uh, this is just an example like with the COVID stuff like there was calls that the bishops made about like when the mass like there's things that the bishop makes calls for that affect us as a as a congregation and members of the diocese and as uh, like and then the pope like there's lots of things that the pope does that affect me as a member of the church how can i trust mm-hmm. church leaders and even 
yeah, just the the church as a whole. Like, mm-hmm. how can I feel safe doing that? Because and not like, and what would you say to people? I guess who who struggle with that? Because I yeah. know that's been hard for me sometimes to like sit at mass and not be like worried unless I know the priest really well. You know. Mm-hmm. I think a first thing, and it goes back to something you mentioned. Uh, is about putting people on a pedestal. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, we do it with the Pope, we do it with bishops, and I know people do it with priests. Mm-hmm. Uh, even uh, just the... the When I get the feeling that, like, no, I should be available and on all the time, right. or else I'm being a bad priest, is like, mm-hmm. I am catering to a mindset that is not human. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not good. It's n- and a priest can can make him can live that way is uh is like i should be on a pedestal and people can look at a priest that way of, of saying well they're they're a priest like they know better and they're uh they're definitely holier and more prayerful and like god willing priests are holy and prayerful mm-hmm. um but still human yes. and still sinners and i think mm-hmm. we don't think about that um no. not in a not in a really a real healthy way just that that priests are human and i'm not saying this to like feel bad for me but just <laughs> but kind of more like um accepting that like yes priests and bishops and the pope have a role of leadership but that does not take us out of being members of the church mm. and members who are in need of r- continual conversion of repentance and, and in need of the church in need of the yeah that's a really yeah we're we're together in this mm-hmm. um and so just that i think maybe it feels too little too late but just that mindset of like yeah, like my pastor might be a jerk sometimes, mm-hmm. or my mm-hmm. pastor might like make a wrong decision, or or my priest or my bishop or or the pope like is going to sin. Um, we don't want to be scandalized. We want we don't want to see these horrible things. But just the fact that they're human should be. We need to learn to accept that. I need to learn that accept to accept that about myself even just as a priest. Of, I don't think mm-hmm. I'm I don't think I'm perfect, everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but just uh, that you don't are aren't don't have to be yeah and or, that you can't be that i can't be yeah that i can't be everything to everybody mm-hmm. you could probably share more of the kentucky fried chicken <laughs> if, if what's kentucky fried chicken how embarrassing don't, <laughs> don't highlight it the kentucky fried chicken the kentucky the kentucky the kentucky Fried chicken.
<laughs> I just I father was just saying something really serious, but Joe has a blanket on and he was trying to get his foot out from under the blanket. So he was like kicking it a couple times and it just looked like he was like doing mermaid tail moment. It was really hard for me to not like break out into laughter. I don't know if we title these podcasts, but if it's not named if we can and it's not named Mermaid Tail Moment, I'm gonna be upset. <laughs> that would have been a title in the early days of the podcast yeah. when we were super creative, but yeah. But then we worried They're about, not super like, helpful. Yeah, people wouldn't. I would log on and look at a title and be like, I don't know what we talked about in this episode. So I figured it's better if someone to just scroll and see the church. Just put it in the hashtags. <laughs> hashtag scandal. Oh, this is that's good. The hashtag mermaid yeah. tail. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, that's a really good point, though. Mm. Um, <laughs> Tell me what tail. that point was. <laughs> uh, you know, people are imperfect. Um, that's my first answer. Yeah. Yeah. To not like, and it's really, I think, valuable. We're all in like different roles in the church right now. Like, you're a priest. I work in ministry. You're studying to become a priest. Like, we all work for the church, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but in different ways. And, and I think that also, like, I'm not saying that, like, <laughs> by not putting people on a pedestal will stop them from doing bad things, but like, that's how we help, like, how we help each other. I feel like how, correct me if I'm wrong, priest in the room, but, like, how I could be more supportive of you as a priest is by not putting you on a pedestal. Because when I don't put you on a pedestal, then I'm free to receive what you have to offer in your priesthood, which is a lot. Instead of being busy, which you see so many people do, and it drives me crazy, like, just get mad about a certain a way a, a priest does a certain thing or, like, a decision they've made about the music at the mass or, like, that they're not doing this or that when mm-hmm. it's just like opinions um instead of just like sitting there and taking in like the gift of the priesthood and like gosh like as like simple as this sounds like if we all would just like love each other <laughs> you know with humility yeah and like not mm-hmm. expect more out of like each other than we expect out of ourselves mm. like that's that's where conversion comes from you know when i'm i'm not encouraged to become holy or when someone's mad at me (laughs) for not being holy enough I'm Mm. encouraged to become holier when someone sees the best in me and receives the best in me um and that calls me on to like become even better Uh, yeah I don't know I'm glad you highlighted that aspect of like looking at ourselves because interestingly I think we can very much do the same thing with ourselves and Father Gossett kind of highlighted this as you know being able to think of him he's should expect perfection from himself as a priest. But I think often, especially when we're really trying to make progress in the spiritual life, to be Christ to others, to love, to grow in virtue, we inevitably encounter that we're bad at it. Yeah. Like quite <laughs> bad for the most part. <laughs> and and there's a part of there's a part of us that is supposed to be frustrated with that. Mm. That's good. And God is pleased even with our frustration because it means we're trying. It means we know that we are called to something great. Mm. We have a sense of of what we're destined for. And then at the same time, there's the the humility, the patience that the Lord wants us to have with ourselves, often to realize that he's more patient with us than we are with ourselves. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And so... Yeah, it, it's it's very much paralleled in the church that it's good to want perfection to some degree. It really is. It's godly to want that. The Lord's mm-hmm. very pleased with that. But at the same time, then, to realize for whatever reason, 
he made us the way we are. Mm. He made us to be fallible and and he loves that about us. Not that we fall, but mm-hmm. that that we persevere, that we try and so that that patience with ourselves goes hand in hand with that patience with the church. Mm-hmm. Mm. And to trust that the Lord is going to keep working in our lives just as he's working through the church. Right. We're made to rely on him. Mm-hmm. And not not like the church. I mean, we are meant to rely on the church, but like... I mean, the Lord, yeah. Yeah, I'm saying like in a different... Like we're like I said at the beginning, we're not meant to see the church as we see Jesus. Mm-hmm. Sorry, continue. Oh, yeah. That's the second time I've done that. Dang it's okay. <laughs> no, I think just getting to the point of like striving to be holy and striving to be good and and be perfect as your heavenly father's perfect that's what he said um but it's never just us deciding like we can do that by our own will power or by our by our own wisdom right. and so i think when we look at the church just that every single one of us has to rely completely on the grace of god mm-hmm. and anytime we get away from that whether you're a bishop or a priest a nun a lay person like it's going to lead to sin yeah and and that's where where these things come from right. trying the, to be self-reliant the second you forget about jesus like everything's going to crumble like mm-hmm. and and that goes for us as like members of the church and the church as a whole like the second we take jesus out of it and it just becomes just what we do mm. and not who we're doing it for yeah like, why be why do any of this if it's it not ultimately leading to relationship yeah, to the Lord, like, what's no the sense. point? Yeah. <laughs> no sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so it's just important. And then kind of going back to the church, like, t- to help each other to keep our eyes set on the Lord. Like, mm-hmm. we have, e- like, we have, that's why we have each other. Um, and that's the beauty of the church. And like you said at the beginning, Joe, like, that can lead to... You know, like like with a family, like fights and struggle because of the imperfection. But like the beauty that comes from it and the relationships that come from it are, mm-hmm. I would say, even more powerful because it's God's grace, you know. Mm-hmm. So, of course, it's more powerful than evil. Um, and I'm just really grateful for like the family that I have in the church and that there's always like even just the fact that I could go to any foreign country and walk into a Catholic church and like know what's going on and mm. what's where and like that's just the the family familial aspect of the church is just beautiful and necessary um and I would not trade that even though it can get really messy sometimes mm-hmm. <laughs> for you Molly hi uh, hi <laughs> so I'm a priest Joe's you know, fairly close. Um, <laughs> he's getting there, and he's been in seminary for a while. Um, for you, as a as a lay person, um, what is it? I guess what would you look for from the like ordained, like the clergy of the church, that would just uh, I don't know bring sort of that. I don't know if confidence is the right word because we're not just looking for like oh we can depend on you, but mm-hmm. um, what would inspire trust? When you look at the, you look at the clergy as someone on the outside of that. Good question. Yeah, that is a great question. I think the first thing I think of is just like being real, and like I have so much respect. As but like when bad things happen, when a priest would get up in church and be like, like even what you said, like the priest in your seminary, like yeah, totally. was like, let's we need to have a conversation about this and how awful it is, mm. 
um, instead of like brushing over things. So I think, but also like just being real about like that the priest is not perfect either. Like the messages that the priest is giving us are messages the priest needs to hear too. And remember too, um, when I see a priest aware of his humanity, like I know that's a holy priest because he's not lost in this like idea of like, because I'm a priest, I'm suddenly perfect. And it's a very beautiful and holy role. But like you've talked about the whole time, it doesn't, <laughs> you didn't suddenly become without sin when you got ordained. I know, what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk to God about that one later. Um, so when I see a priest just like deeply aware of his need for Christ and that that like exudes through the words that he says and it's not just like a priest who's up there and is like, you guys have to remember to do this, but I've already figured that out, you know, <laughs> like that is a pr- priest I know I can trust um, and that is a priest that I know is holy. Um, so I guess just like honesty and humility, really, um, like a priest that makes me feel like I am, we are all a member of the same family and not like I'm lesser because I'm not the one up in the pulpit, Mm -hmm. pulpit, such a funny word, (laughs) pulpit. We call it an ambo. (laughs) I don't get it. That's what, that's what it's, that's the, the, the Catholic version of the, the pulpit we called an an ambo. Oh, it's not called the pulpit? Not, I know. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I've never heard the word ambo before. It's not so common. It's because, like, you know, old-timey churches without sound systems, you'd walk up some stairs uh, to project, so amb- ambulate, you'd walk. Uh, oh, is that why ambulance is called ambulance? Because mm-hmm. woo, woo, woo. I think it's something to do with walking. <laughs> no. Yeah. no <laughs> wee, wee, wee. That's what I meant to do. I That's don't know. That's the sound it... I'm going to make tomorrow while Father walks towards the ambo. <laughs> <laughs> woo, woo. I can't wait. Um, anyway. Yeah. Not the pulpit, but the ambo. Mm-hmm. Cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't trying to correct you. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> it's okay. You're like, actually, it's not the pulpit. The it's pulpit the was ambo. A weird word. And I was like, well, don't call it that. I'm like, I love a priest when they're really humble. And then you're like, um, it's ambo. <laughs> That's really funny. Um, I didn't feel corrected okay. i mean i did feel corrected but in a good way i was just trying to share <laughs> it's important information mm-hmm. is it i also kept saying the word pulpit over and over so i feel like you would have <laughs> been making a mistake if you didn't bring it up i was like asking for it <laughs> um anywho all the liturgical rigorous out there being like we can't trust this podcast anymore <laughs> yeah. said pulpit Turn next they'll be saying they're going to church Report. on sunday <laughs> listening Reports to the sermon spotify <laughs> sermon <laughs> I don't care what they think. Um, <laughs> got him. Got him. And I think for a priest, like speaking to lay people, it's good to have lay people who treat you as a human. Yeah. And like that's a gift that you can give your your parish priest is to uh, recognize that he's a human being and mm-hmm. like care for him that way. And and so I think just like when people invite the priest over for dinner and hang out with the family and just mm-hmm. all these just very normal things. Mm-hmm. It goes a long way. Yeah, it's good to uh, include them in normal life, not just like you did your mass thing. Mm. Go back in yeah. your house, and we'll see you next week. Dude, like, you're gonna get invited to dinner so much <laughs> next week because you just said that. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> um, you know what's a really cool thing about being a priest? <laughs> Everyone buys father things whenever <laughs> he's anywhere, <laughs> because in especially maybe it's just Steubenville, but like. 
there's always anytime I'm with him, he always sees someone who knows him. And there's so many times where someone was just like buy his meal, um, and stuff like that. It's honestly, <laughs> it's honestly kind of rude because no one ever buys me food. Um, and I can't even become a priest, so it's, like, not even my fault. I'd Sorry. do it if I could. <laughs> Sorry, Zach. <laughs> um, but, no, I in in all reality, I think that's a really cool thing because it just is, like, a small – when I see it happen, I'm like, oh, like, people, like, just want – like, they want to honor you. They want to, like, do something mm-hmm. kind for you mm-hmm. because – not because you're perfect, but because, like, you're serving the church and they yeah, see that. Yeah, it's um, really kind. Yeah. And he's always so touched when it happens, which is really <laughs> special. He's not like, ah, it's about time. <laughs> he walks everywhere without his wallet because he knows it'll happen. <laughs> um, any closing thoughts, everyone? Um, this was wide ranging. Oh, no, this is I great. That's we, good. Yeah. It's, um, welcome to the Noah's Love podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, just that the church is like, the human part of the church is not perfect. We should strive for holiness. We should. Uh, you know, shine a light on corruption and uh, and scandal because it's good to do that. But uh, but like, our hope isn't in a bunch of perfect people. It's on the Lord. Amen. Period. Joe, I was just it was St. Clair's feast day the other day. St. Clair of Assisi is like tight with St. Francis of Assisi, mm-hmm. and uh, she was just talking just. She was not talking at that point. <laughs> Joe and her received... were hanging out on her feast day. That's he, right. He bought Thanks her a straight. drink. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it was just one of her writings uh, that was about the poverty of Christ. And I was just thinking about that, of how how poor and vulnerable he was in the cradle, at the nativity, at the cross, every day in the Eucharist, and then also very much in his church. Ooh. And all of those are kind of, potentially scandalizing to us in a different sense of like we all want or have some sense that that god should be invincible right he's he's the untouchable guy and yet the lord is constantly making himself vulnerable always for us it's always for us to come to draw near to us and enable us to draw near to him and so it's it's a hard thing and it's a it's i mean there's the flight to egypt so part of being made being a child being born as a child is that his life was in danger yeah and then his life was taken on the cross uh and and there are these scandals in the church but we know through all that whatever we may feel whatever fear we may have we know that this vulnerability is chosen by god he knows what he's doing and he's doing it all for us yeah i don't have any thoughts better than those two (laughs) Those are really great. Well, why don't you take us into our last segment then? All right, guys. Well, those were both really great. I'm very <laughs> touched. I can't wait to listen to this one. <laughs> um, how has God been loving you guys this week? I have mine. Go for Should it. Should I then. go first? Yeah. Um, so Father and I went on a backpacking trip with our friends, um, which was really fun with Surprise, Kevin, Joanne, and Zach, the people who are most often discussed on this (laughs) podcast. And it was just really nice to just be with people who know me, to have no service for a couple of days, to have to boil water, to just hike around, to sleep in a hammock, and to just, like, have a break from the world. But, like, 
not just like in a way where it's like I gotta get away from everything but like where I just like have more space to just like rest um it was just very like it was very I mean I was walking a lot so it wasn't restful for my body (laughs) but my mind and emotions were very much at rest which was just such a good thing and it was just like I'm just made me so grateful for the friends that I've been blessed with through the church gotta tie it in somehow Mm -hmm. (laughs) what about you father see I'm glad you mentioned that because so I don't have to but uh, that's (laughs) definitely true it was really really good um I think just tonight like you said at the beginning we had adoration with our high school students Mm -hmm. and really out of nowhere as talking to them and being with them was a real like feeling of fatherhood um and that doesn't happen all the time, but, like, it was just very, like, it was clearly from God. I was just, like, feeling that. And that's always, like, an incredible gift to uh, to see myself that way for them. Um, and dad. I'm very thankful for it. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say dad? Yeah. <laughs> that's really freaking awesome. And I, mm. I know they, like, see that in you, so that's really cool. Oh, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> On a bit of a sillier note, probably. Uh, I apparently turned 45 this week because <laughs> in the backyard, we had to dig up the backyard. And so I planted, I was laughing because I've been talking about this all week. Uh, I planted grass seed. I've never planted grass seed before, but we dug up the whole backyard. So I half the backyard needs. That people have to plant grass. I, I know. <laughs> I, I'm just impatient. So I, I've planted grass twice now, really just hoping. And our hose is, is surprisingly low pressure. So it just takes forever to water and it. And so I'm like, okay, well, all I've been thinking about basically this week has been my lawn. (laughs) And so, yeah, so I need this lawn to grow, need it watered. And it's rained almost every day. Hard. Yeah, for this week. And it's a random little thing, but I've just felt each time like, oh, sweet, I don't don't need to water now. And just felt like each time the Lord was just kind of winking at me and being like, see, not only do I come through and come through where like, you don't just need me. I'm, I'm coming through. Just, just because I want to, right? Yeah. And even kind of supplying more than you could, mm-hmm. and so just a random small reminder mm-hmm. of what he does every day in our lives. Right now, it's muddy puddles up there, so well, yeah. Pray for the lawn. boys popping up any day now. <laughs> <laughs> really hope so. Maybe. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Next week, we're gonna have to update Close everyone an update on the grass. On the grass growth. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be on the problem of evil. <laughs> <laughs> I think we literally have one titled that. Yeah. Why oh. do bad lawns happen to good people? <laughs> Why do bad lawns happen to bad people? <laughs> anyway. Anyway. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, guys. On an on an update of, on a on a um um life update about me. I've been going to bed earlier, everyone. So good I job. hope you're proud of me because everyone knows. I stay up really late. It's almost your bedtime now. That's why I'm really tired. I've literally been in bed by like this time. Nice. I had to leave early last night because I was like, I'm going to fall asleep. Everyone's like, what's wrong with you? (laughs) Okay, anyway. She Mm. fell asleep three times during this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever, you didn't hear me talking. I have a really fuzzy blanket, so I'm kind of surprised I didn't. I definitely just burped into the microphone. You gotta call it out in case people like how where would it be if people heard it? They got like, and then, like no really one nice headphones it. on. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that bad, but I I feel like you can hear it. We'll find out. Okay. See you next week. Have a great week. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>